Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. I am at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. My man, Damon Cotton, is back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We are holding it down for you. Coming up at 3.30, we'll have Shadow Ridge head... Head football, head girls flag football coach, Matt Nicewanger, excuse me, uh, he'll join the show to talk about the the uh, academy that they had here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, a little combine action, a little all-star game action, and uh, talk about Shadow Ridge winning in the 5A when it came to girls flag football. So uh, Coach Nicewanger will join us coming up at 3.30, but we've been throwing out there the question to you on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Outside of the offensive line, what position group do you have a question about? And again, that question does not have to be a concern it's just a question. Vegas Pete hit us up and said, as far as the linebackers, will they stand up, bounce, and clear Farrell? But besides Perriman, we have uh, Jay Brown, Diablo, Kaiser, Fackrell. I'm more concerned about the D-backs. Though if they move Hobbs outside until Mullen is ready, we're good. And Averett is a sleeper like Mike Hollins is at wide receiver and kick returner. So that is from Vegas Pete, and thanks so much for your uh, for your message, my man. And, uh, yeah, again, I, I know that the, the linebacking room is kind of – new outside of Perriman and Diablo, but I just think that they that they're gonna get it done. You know, and again this might be just having uh, more faith than I should in that position right now, but I, I just think that, that that position is going to be okay. I think Jayon Brown's going to play a major role. I think Devon Diablo takes a, a next step forward. And, and of course, Denzel Perriman, who was a pro bowler a year ago, that's a tackling machine. So I think he's going to do some good things. And the, the defensive back room, the secondary, I mean, it's, it's deep. It's really deep. There's not a whole lot of veteran leadership in there. You know, that's why I thought that they should bring in one. But they've got they've got a plethora of guys right now. So uh, we'll see exactly how it all shakes out. You know, how how they use Trayvon Merrick, you know, as opposed to what he did a year ago and how quickly he's able to pick that up. The good thing for him is he comes from T. Gary Patterson had them doing multiple things. I mean, they were they were running way um, more complex system as far as responsibilities go. Last last year, you knew he was the last line of defense. That was his responsibility. You know, like, hey, if everything gets past these guys, you're the dude. <laughs> you're the dude. You've got to go make things happen. And for the most part, Trayvon Merrick had a very successful rookie year. Is there some plays that he'd probably like to have back? Sure. Uh, is there a couple interceptions that he probably wishes he had secured? Sure. But for a rookie year and knowing that he played just about the whole season, uh, he did play the whole season outside of a couple snaps. Uh, I thought he did one hell of a job. So, And he actually talked to the media a little earlier today. So Vegas Pete, again, thank you so much for your text. I appreciate you. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll be brief. Okay. Uh, I thought about this. You actually stumped me with this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm going to roll with the uh, head coach. Okay. And not from the standpoint, I think he's going to be under some kind of pressure, but will he be patient? Because his offense reminds me of John Gruden's offense. And it takes about a half a, se- about a, half a season to get going. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll say this. 
if they can split four and four in the first half of that season, by the second half, they'll take flight and you won't be able to beat them. They'll make a deep run into the postseason if they can get that offense by at least week nine. Okay. Okay, and so uh, that, that's, that's the only concern I have is patience. Okay, because the pressure's going to mount with the media if, if they start off bad. Oh, my goodness, it didn't work. No, it didn't work. It did one formation has 18 plays in it. <laughs> right. Okay, it's going to take a minute. And so, it's, so if, but it, I think if they learn it, how do you stop that offense? Okay, and so that, that's my thing. All right, Q. Hey, man, thanks for taking my call, man. Appreciate you. you. Hey, great great stuff. ABA Ivan Davis, thanks for the call, my man. And I'll say this. You know, one of the things that we haven't talked about very much, and maybe that's on me, I should have talked about it already, uh, is the fact that Patrick Graham and his defense. I mean, I've been talking about can that defense take a next step forward and excited about what they bring to the table. His defense is pretty complex. Pretty complex. There's a lot of install, right, that goes into it. Well, and, and I know that there's a lot of new faces on this Raiders defense. Uh, I think we all remember how the defense performed when they had a ton of install, right? It wasn't Gus Bradley's defense. That was Paul Gunther's defense. Remember Paul Gunther's defense where they said they had so much install and they had so many different nuances and one thing meant all these different things and it was so hard for these guys to pick up? And what did Gus Bradley do when he came in? He dumbed everything, not dumbed everything down. That's the, that's the disrespectful way of saying it. He made it more simple, right? He, he, he simplified things. And that, was, that allowed guys to go play fast. And I'm not saying that they're going to take a step back, but you know, to ABA Ivan Davis's point when he's talking about Josh McDaniel's system is pretty complex and these guys got to learn it. Well, defensively, these guys have got to learn it too, you know. And that's why guys, you know, like Chandler Jones are are here during OTAs and Max Crosby are here during OTAs when they're voluntary because they're learning the system. That's why Denzel Perryman is here learning the system. Trayvon Merrick learning. All these guys are out here putting in work even when it's voluntary because they're all trying to learn. You know, the one, thing, the one thing about it is they're all on the same page right now, right? They're all outside of a couple guys that have been in the system before or familiar with, you know, the coaches calling, calling the plays here, that, and the other. They're all pretty, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they're all on the same page as far as, you know, still uh, everything is new to them. You know, Antonio Pierce, a linebacker coach, told us yesterday that the key to Patrick Graham's defense from a linebacking position communicate you have to communicate and it's so funny when he was saying that Demon. I don't know I didn't never asked you when he was talking about communication and how you have to be able to talk to your teammate and tell them what's going to go on and get them lined up and correctly all I could think of was the Mike Haynes interview that I had from Saturday when he was saying I would tell everybody I wouldn't keep anything inside I wouldn't keep anything inside I communicated everything and so when he said that it made me immediately think to Mike Haynes and thought well He was obviously a hell of a player. He's a Hall of Famer, you know, and he was playing on some really good defenses. And what was the key to their defenses? They communicated really well. So how I look at it is this could work really well. This could work out really good. You know, they can can get on the same page, and that's why I look at a guy like Denzel Perriman and think he's going to be such a factor because he has no problem communicating. Some guys play a quiet role. He's not. He's not the guy that's going to sit there and be quiet. And, And, again, going back to Mike Haynes' interview, he said that he was in meetings with league officials and he was asking questions, and guys were like, man, Mike, shut up. Stop asking questions. we got to go. And he said, hey, I knew there was guys in that room that, that had questions. They didn't ask, and I did. And I wanted to make sure that they knew what we were supposed to be doing, so I asked the questions. It's, it's going to take a guy like that or, or guys like that that are going to communicate. I think Chandler Jones is going to be able to do that as well, be very communicative, uh, communi- you know, be able to communicate really well. I, that's, that's what I think. 
I think that's going to be a huge key. But when Antonio Pierce said that, like I said, it, it automatically went back to me uh, talking to Mike Haynes, and, and he's telling, he's telling the, the, the line, hey, watch out for this run. It's coming up the gut because based off what the offensive lineman is doing, he's telling the wide receivers, hey, every time you make this move, you're doing this. Every time you buckle up your chin strap, I know it's a pass play. Like, I mean, he was a student of the game. It wasn't like he just lined up and said, I'm going to out-athlete you. He was smart. He was a smart dude that used that intelligence and those and everything he picked up from seeing other guys out there and what they were doing, just kind of learning their tendencies. He was able to play at a at a much higher level. So that's what's going to have to happen for this defense to be successful. They are going to have to be the best communicators. The linebackers are going to have to be able to communicate with Trayvon Merrick in the back end. Jonathan Abrams is going to have to be able to communicate with you know the defensive line. I mean, wherever these guys are lined up, they're going to have to know what each other is doing. You know, one guy can't be running one thing. How many times have we seen the Raiders defensively, uh, not really as much last season, but even the year before, where one guy's running or, or, or his, he's in one coverage and another guy's in another coverage, and then all of a sudden Travis Kelsey's in the end zone, wide open by himself, catching a touchdown pass, and everyone's pointing fingers. Hey, but you – wait, you – no, hold on. I, oh, wait. I, and oh, they no, got the like, helmets on, but you know what's being said. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be the key. That'll be probably the biggest key to this Raiders defense in 2022. Can they communicate with each other so everyone is on the same page and they know what they're doing? Let's get one more call in. How about Raider X? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Yo, Raider X. Did he hang up on me? Did Raider X hang up on me? Okay. No, he's just uh, not there. <laughs> well, if he ain't there, if he ain't there, he ain't there. Raider X, welcome to the show. You there? <laughs> Okay, he's not there. That's all good. No worries. Yeah, because nope. we hung up, we would have heard the, like, the eh, 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 none of that. Raider X is Well, hey, you now. know what I didn't hear? I didn't hear Raider X. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear him at all. Maybe he'll uh, he'll hit us back. Maybe he's in the drive-thru or something, and he's ordering something, and uh, I took too long to get to him. No worries. That's going to be all right. I ain't, I ain't worried about that. Uh, we'll get to Raider X uh, in a minute. Matter of fact, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get DeMond's thoughts on Jurassic Park. We got to do that. Plus, we got to hear from Coach Simmons, uh, the secondary coach for the Silver and Black. Matter of fact, Damon, hold on. Let me do this on the fly on the air. How uh, how long is Coach Simmons? 529. Okay, so th- I can run that right now. All right, let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead. Uh, let's not take a break. Let's, like I said, hey, man, uh, this is what you do when you're uh, at a distance. Uh, earlier today, Coach Jason Simmons talked to the media, talked about the secondary, talked about certain particular players in the secondary, and what his early thoughts on it. Here's Coach Jason Simmons. Hey, Jason, this is Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Uh, we've seen a lot of Meek Robinson out there. What have been your first impressions of him uh, kind of working outside? Oh, man, you know what? Uh, Meek is a guy that's uh, – uh, Shows a lot of versatility. You know, we know he's a guy that can move inside, outside the whole nine. The thing that I've been most impressed about is how receptive he is to coaching. I'm really excited to coach him and the way he's able to take the coaching and then show it on the field. So I'm excited to continue to work with him. Hi, Jason. Levi Damien, USA Today. Um, as far as uh, Jonathan Abram, what you've seen on tape from him and what you've seen from him since you've gotten here, where would you say he is in his development as a player? You know what? The first thing that comes to mind when you mention it is really his football acumen. Like it, I've been really excited to, to see how much he knows just of the game and understands the game, whether it be formationally, whether it be scheme, picking it up. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, he is a really bright football player. Is there, is there a better place, at least at this point, do you think that he would fit? Right now, he's a football player. You know what I mean? That, that's the beauty of, of, of 
coach coach Graham's scheme. You know, right now we see these guys as football players, so we're we're teaching them techniques, and we're not worried about anything about a scheme right now. And uh, however we have to like deploy the guys when the game comes, then we'll figure that out. But uh, I mean, just really good football players. That's what we're trying to build now. Guys almost have as many safeties as cornerbacks on the roster, which is a little unusual. What's it been like working with such a deep safety group, and, and what have been your thoughts about some of the guys that make it up? The, the, the first thing when I think about the group is just versatility. You know what I mean? You have, you have so many guys that are, that are so athletic. You know, when you come here, you just realize that you're blessed to have, to have guys that can be used in multiple roles. So, uh, you know, everybody can run. You know, everybody can play the run. Everybody can play the pass. People can cover. So we're, we're excited. It's going to be a lot of competition in that room, and they realize it. When you broke down the film last year, uh, what were your impressions of Nate Hobbs? Uh, when, you, when you see Nate, of course, you see a guy that, that's really physical and a guy that loves football. That, that, that to me, is, is what stands out the most. And I'm just excited to, to continue to see him grow in this game as well. Coach, you had previous experience in working with Patrick Graham. I was curious just in the path that you both crossed, like what's it like now to work again with him and the previous experience that you had with him? What were your takeaways from that? The first thing is, like, Pat is a really smart man. That's that's the first thing that that you know, and, and from when you guys speak to him and you see him on the field, and he's passionate about football. So you know, working here, it, it's like a delight for me. I, I learn every day. That's the thing. I wanted to come somewhere where I was able to learn. You know, to you know, grow my career as well. And, and working with him, Coach Coach McDaniel and Pat, that's this is what this opportunity has given me. Coach, you have a very defensive backfield, but a tremendous wide receivers. How does it help? that they're going against all pro wide receivers every day in practice. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, and, and I just smiled immediately because when you think about it, I mean, to go against these guys, uh, you know, to take your lumps, to go out there and, and make plays, hopefully that just gives these guys confidence, you know what I mean, that they, that they can play and play at a high level. But it, it's a great opportunity to play against such talent on the other side. Coach, when you have second-year players, they're usually your guys that haven't really gotten a lot of snaps, but you have two guys in your secondary that have started a lot of games. How important is it to really just be able to continue to guide the progression and have kind of like not a clean slate, but be able to develop with something? Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you say a clean slate, like everybody has that, you know what I mean? The, the good thing about being here is whether you're a veteran, a new guy, uh, the first thing that we're preaching in, in that room is competition. You know, so it is good to have veteran guys in there that have done it before, but everybody knows whether you've you've played in the league before, uh, you know, or fresh out of college. Like this is this is going to be opportunity because it's a new scheme for everybody. You know, it's a very unique situation uh, where we are young, but it, it's fresh for everybody, even if you're a veteran or a new guy. So competition is what we're trying to breed in the room. Jason Willie Ramirez with the Associated Press. Ask Kennedy what it's been like, you know, to see the players that came over from the Patriots to sort of help the position groups in implementing the system, making it easier. He said not just the players, but the coaches too. What have you learned in, in, in from the players that have played under this system and it, what's made it easier for you? Uh, well, you know what? The, the main thing is that you see, and Deron Harmon is really the only one that's playing the system pretty much in the secondary, uh, you know, to see him uh, have the call command. You know what I mean? It's something that, that you can tell that was preached, uh, something that was emphasized, and, and that's communication, and that's where we're trying to grow defensively now. Coach, uh, this is Vic from the Athletic. You guys brought in Rock, and he seems like he's definitely come on, on a rise since he first came in the league. What are your impressions of him on film and also now the first month or two you've had him under, in your room? Uh, what I see from Rock is he is a pro's pro. 
Uh, I love the way that, that he prepares. Uh, you can tell that he's a guy that loves the game and a guy that wants to get better. So I've really been impressed with him from that standpoint. And he's another guy that, that is a sponge. You know, as much, you know, he wants as much as you can give him. And he's able to take that information and process it. There you go. Coach Jason Simmons right there met with the media. He's a secondary coach, met with them earlier. And I thought that that was really cool to hear from him, especially since we've been talking about, you know, questions that we have around the team. And uh, we've had questions about the secondary. We've had questions about the linebackers. We've had questions about the running backs. But to hear uh, from the secondary coach and hear him talking about, you know, communication, how we just mentioned that communication is a key going to have to be able to communicate. You know, there's a lot of talent in that room. Who's going to separate from each other? That's, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a challenge. I mean, literally, in the, in, in the secondary room right now, there's 18 defensive backs. That is a lot. And, of course, we know that there's going to be guys that are going to be special teams specialists. You know, there's going to be guys that are going to play different roles. But, I mean, to have 18 of those dudes, there's going to be some real healthy competition going on in that room. So I'm just I'm uh, interested to see exactly who comes out of that as the leader of the clubhouse. Can Trayvon uh, Mullen become very healthy? You know, get, get healthier, get back to where he needs to be and be a big asset? Because when he's out there, he's a hell of a player. Problem is, he just hasn't been out there uh, enough, you know, and I'm sure that he would tell you the same thing if he had that opportunity. 320 is the time. We'll come back. We'll take your calls and texts, and then uh, we'll get ready for Coach. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, Shadow Ridge High School girls flag football coach Matt Nicewanger will join the show. Talk about the camp that they had here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Talk about Shadow Ridge getting the 5A victory and girls flag football. Talk all things flag football with Coach Nicewanger. That's coming up at 3.30. But right now, want to go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Talk to our long-lost brother, Raider X. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, man, I had some technical difficulties, man. Hey, we all do at times. Hey, man, I feel your brother, man. The mute button got the best on me. It happens. Hey, talk about concerns, huh? Right. Hey, so, yeah, I got some concerns and I got some questions, but it was kind of ironic that, uh, you know, Coach Simmons talked about the same thing. So, yeah, I have have some concerns, and what I kind of uh, related to is – you know, uh, in the secondary, in the corner specifically, you know, we got some P's. You know, we got some, some, some possibilities. We got some possibilities and some potential starters. I'm, I'm concerned about finding out who is going to be the, the outside corners on week 18. You know, who is going to, who's going to be those guys that are actually going to, you know, win the position and dominate the position. I mean, obviously, we got some talent with Mullen, but will he be healthy? Can he stay healthy? Are we going to get somebody who's going to outshine him? You know, Rock Asim, you know what? You know, he might be that dude. But, you know, like you said, you got a lot of guys in there. They're all solid. They all have potential. But like you said, you know, potential, potential, potential. Let's let's get it realized. On the flip side, you know, I wanted to go also with what Gangster, Gangster, Gangster Raider said. You know, looking at the special teams. You know, can they maintain that, that defense on special teams and that, and that precision? But I'd like to see them go to the next level because we haven't had a true return team yeah. in a long time. I'd like to see at least one time take it to the house. You know, the last time I think we saw them took it to the house was Renfro, and it got pulled back. Right. So if we can see that, 
Now, brother, now, like you said, now we're cooking with some grease. So <laughs> <laughs> let's take it to another level. That's about it, bro. Hey, thank you for the call, Raider X. I'm glad that the technical difficulties worked out. And, yeah, like I said, man, we all get technical difficulties at some point. Demond Cotton don't know about that. He's a youngster still, so he ain't aware about those technical difficulties. But it's coming. It's coming around the corner, brother. Don't you worry. But, uh, yeah, as far as the return game goes, I'm glad you brought up the return game because we talk special teams. We always talk about Carlson. We talk about Cole. Uh, the special teams unit is very, very important, and, and I would love to see a dominant return game. It has been a while. I mean, there's been plenty of guys brought in, like Cordell Powers, Patterson. Uh, he was brought in at you know, one point to, to try to be the, the dude to, to change the field position. Hunter Renfro's done a really good job, in my opinion. Uh, but as you mentioned, the one that actually you know he, he took to the house got called back due to penalty and uh, I still to this day think that penalty was bogus but that's just me Uh, so uh, I think that that is an area that really does need to be addressed and uh, we'll see exactly how that shakes out that 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 is a really good point that you brought up so I definitely appreciate that of course we'll get back to uh, your questions you know what position outside of offensive line do you have questions about to the 2022 Raiders football team. I know one team that doesn't have any questions. That's Shadow Ridge High's girls flag football team and their coach right now, Matt Nice Wonger, is on the phone joining us. And uh, Coach, thank you so much for your time this afternoon and congratulations. I know it happened earlier this year, but Shadow Ridge getting the big 5A victory in uh, girls flag football. Uh, how big was that for your program? Oh, thank you very much. Um, it was awesome. It was a cap to an incredible season and especially coming back after the COVID lockdown and not having a high school season last year. It was an incredible accomplishment for the team and for the girls. I was so happy we were able to finish the season out on the, on a, such a positive note like that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the thing about it, as I was talking about this yesterday on the show, I was telling people that didn't know that, you know, flag football, girls flag football is a, is a scholarship program, you know. So how big is that? Uh, so the young ladies that you have on the team have an opportunity to go out there and not only compete for championships and, and, and you know, build that team camaraderie, but they could take this to the next level. Yeah, for sure. That's really elevated our sport to a whole nother level. Um, I'm going to be sending my third girl out on a scholarship. She's going out to Midland University this fall, and it really has elevated the level of the sport. And, you know, a lot of times in the past, girls were like, well, I'm going to focus on volleyball coach or softball coach because that's where I can get a scholarship. Well, it's nice to be able to tell them now, well, if you focus on this, you can get a scholarship as well. And we're in a really unique position here in Nevada. We're one of the few states in the entire country that has um, flag football um, at a state level, you were recognized by the State Athletic Association. So the girls here actually have a leg up compared to girls in other states as well. That's awesome. I'm never mad at that at all. Whenever the youth can do something and get themselves to the next level and, and get their education taken care of, that's a win. And not only the sport, but that's just a win for the, the young ladies or young men. But in this case, obviously, we're talking about the young ladies. And winning that state title for Shadow Ridge, I mean, you guys had to go and defeat Green Valley, and they were, they were trying to, to get their third straight uh, you know, championship. How big was that to be able to defeat a program like Green Valley? Oh, for sure. I, um, Coach Torres and I, we've known each other for a long time, and we've been battling against each other for a long time. And really, you know, I told him at the end of the season that we've been chasing him for many years. We've been chasing that program and trying to catch up and get to that level. And it really was quite an accomplishment to be able to to take them down in the state championship and really, you know, assert ourselves as one of the top programs in the state now as well. And, you know, like you said, they they were two-time defending state champs. So 
we really had to spend a lot of energy and time on prepping for them and making sure we were ready and doing all the off-season work to, to get up to that level. And last weekend, there was an all-star game, a combine that was taking place right here where I'm at right now, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. How big is it that the Raiders support girls' flag football? I mean, how, how big is that to have a professional uh, team behind girls' flag football? Oh, it's phenomenal. I mean, even just now, being able to talk to you, I mean, that wouldn't be happening without the Raiders. And the, the support we get from the community, them, they, this year and last year, it was kind of a club season last year. But last two seasons, they put on the All-Star Game for us. You know, just them putting forth that funding and the name. As soon as the Raiders' name is out there, it attracts a whole mm-hmm. other audience and gets a, so much more exposure for our sport that really we wouldn't get otherwise. So the Raiders have been phenomenal. I really I can't thank them enough for everything they've done and the support they've done and just getting us out there and getting more exposure for these young ladies. It's been incredible for them. I can't thank them enough. Yeah, no, it, it really is, and I know that being in the community is something that the Raiders take very seriously and uh, very adamant about making sure that they're involved with the high schools. And, uh, you know, they had the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. We did that all year last year, and even paying attention to girls' flag football and making sure that they're on top of that, that that's huge as well. So, Coach, as far as the state of, of girls' flag football, you know, as, you know, as much as the game is continuing to grow, how much have you seen it evolve? Um, I've seen it evolve a ton. I mean, this will, I'm going into my eighth season now doing it. And again, you know, it was, it was kind of just an afterthought when I began. And it was kind of a thing, you know, some of us coaches joke who've been doing it a little while now that, you know, we used to not have to spend as much time prepping, but now that it is, it has exploded in such popularity and, and competitiveness. I mean, we, we watch film, we break things down. We're giving scouting reports. I mean, you have to spend a lot of time and energy if you're going to be competitive and if you're going to be up at the top competing with these top-notch schools. And as a result, too, you get better athletes out. And the the level of athleticism that these girls are displaying now out there, it really is phenomenal. Um, you know, it's fun every year. We have our athletic meeting with the district, and Pam Sloan, one of the, the athletic administrators, she always comments on that as well, just the athleticism that's out there now, the product we're putting out on the field has really risen exponentially over the years as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're talking right now with Shadow Ridge High School girls flag football coach Matt Nicewanger here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond Cotton's got one for you. All right, Coach, you're coming off of this state title, and we had a high school football coach on yesterday, and he said his team, they made it deep in the playoffs, and now that's helping out with more students turning out. So do you think that the fact that you're going to be the defending state champs, that you're going to see a bigger turnout for tryouts this coming season? Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, I mean, we're, you know, again, just with the competitiveness, we're already out there doing work now. And, I mean, it was hot. We were out there this afternoon. We were out there from 11 to 1 this afternoon. And mm-hmm. to get a group of 30 girls out there this time of year during summer break and with this kind of heat, yeah, I think that shows that our numbers are going to be up there for sure. But, yeah, I mean, just the, the people that are talking to me, um, you know, I get calls and emails from other people that I don't think I would have received had we not won the state championship. <laughs> so I, I definitely think it will bring out more girls for the sport, which overall, again, I think is beneficial. The more people we have participating, the more diverse group of young ladies we have out there, I think uh, more will help the sport overall. 
you know, we're out here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center because the Raiders had mandatory mini camp. So we've been checking out their practices. And I know how hot it is outside, Coach. So how, how fired up were the young ladies out there to be to be out there practicing in this heat? <laughs> uh, they, the heat definitely is one of their most favorite things. But you know, we, we're trying to keep them going. And we have we have a hose out there with a sprinkler. And we've got lots of water for them. So, um, you know, they, they've embraced the, the grind as well, though. I mean, they know. And if we're going to try to stay at the top and compete against everyone again, that we've got to put the work in now. And it really, I've, I've been very impressed by the number of girls coming out and their consistency in being out there in this heat. So I can't say enough good things about the, the student-athletes out of Shadow Ridge. Yeah, Coach, and you already, you guys are defending state champs, so I imagine a couple of seniors left. What do you think about this team? I know you're already working out there during summer break. So what do you think about this team and how it's going to look next season? Um, it'll be, we are losing quite a few really good seniors and that, um, we have some definite gaps to fill with that. We really, I think their perseverance and dedication is showing through though. And we do have a good core group of girls coming back that I really feel like we can build the team around. And, you know, something that I try to express to them. And as we, especially as we get closer to season, I'll make sure to reiterate to them each season has their own identity and each team has their own unique makeup and we don't have to be anybody we don't have to be last year's team we're we'll be this year's team and we'll set the pieces together as good as we can and we'll go out and come february we'll have a you know hopefully we'll make playoffs and see how we can keep things rolling in february and playoffs i mean that's always the exciting part you never know exactly how it's going to go one play here and there a lot of times swings the momentum and changes the direction of those playoff games so um, I think we'll have a shot, and, you know, again, we'll just have to de- develop our own identity this year and our own chemistry this year, and I, I think we'll, we'll definitely make a run for it. Coach, I always ask any football coach or high school football coach that I, I get the opportunity and, and honor to talk to, uh, I really do respect high school football coaches, both men and women, uh, as you're doing girls' flag football. But just, I mean, it's more than just X's and O's. It's more than just wins and losses. It's also you're, you're helping raise young adults in our community. And as we see, you can turn the news on and you can see what's going on in every community, not just ours. How important is it to you to be an ambassador and, and help teach and learn young, young adults about life and just give them opportunity in our communities? Oh, uh, for sure. I think I'm a teacher as well, and so I think for me that's a more important piece than, than the wins and losses. Um, to be honest, I, I said this to my team at the banquet. Well, my favorite memory of the season was actually the night before the state championship game. And as weird as that sounds, but we, we were sitting around and we were having a conversation as a team about what the season meant for us just even up to that point. And some of these young girls realizing they might not have played as much as they wanted, they might not have been the star, but them being a part of a team and being a part of something that's more than just a person, you know, yes, they were frustrated at times. Yes, they had to give up jobs. Yes, they had to stay up late getting all their studies done once they were done with homework. But realizing that, you know, in life sometimes you don't always get what you want, but as long as you keep working, sometimes it's about the memories and the relationships you keep or build and create more than it is wins and losses. And I think that's something that's hard to learn outside of sports. And, you know, those memories these young ladies are going to be able to carry with them throughout their life. And, again, to me, that was an important part of the season is winning state. So, 
it, it is a vital part, I think, of, of this job and this career. Oh, Coach, that was beautifully said. Oh, man, I didn't – oh, man, my follow-up, I don't even – I'm still going to ask it, but man, you made him speechless, great. Coach. Exactly. You made him speechless. That was bravo. <laughs> that was the mic drop right there. But I see that you're also an author, and you've written a book, Downset Hut, about college cool. football. How big of a college football fan are you? Oh, I, I love college football. I watch it. I mean, I, I always tell my, you know, I joke with my wife and son that I'm always a little bit, bit depressed at the end of football season because I don't know what to watch on TV anymore. Um, so... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was fortunate enough. I got a scholarship and played up at Idaho State and had some awesome memories up there. I have some friends, a lot of friends, guys that I'm still friends with, and my coaches were phenomenal up there. And um, it's awesome that you pulled that out. You know, I, haven't, I don't always think about that, but uh, I love the, you know, the experience I had, the, the confidence, and, you know, again, the, the, the team building, the relationships I made, my coach is pushing me to be more than just a football player, be involved in the community, be an academic um, success story. You know, those are the kind of things that I, I always hope as a coach, I'm doing as much for m- my players as they did for me. Because I really had some phenomenal coaches. And I, you know, me college football, and I hope that the high school level, I'm doing those kind of things as well. And I really think those are places where you can challenge young people to be better than they were when they came into your program and i i had some great coaches that did that for me and i always try to pass that along to the next generation of kids all right coach you can answer this from a fan perspective as for, as a former player nil <laughs> in favor of it or no oh it's really hard i i think it's going to change a lot of things i also understand the, the need to have some reform in football and you know especially with all the money out there I, I look back on some of the things we did to try to get through not having any money, and it was just Pocatello, Idaho. Um, so I, I understand the need for reform, and I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of it, but I definitely understand why things are going in that direction and the need for some sort of reform. Talking right now with Shadow Ridge High High Girls Flag Football Coach Matt Nicewanger here on NSA Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. As far as the All-Star Game and the Combine that took place here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, how big was that for the sport and how cool was that to be here on campus to be able to do that? Oh, it, it was great. I mean, the girls you know, getting professional timing. I mean, that was really cool. It was awesome. Again, the Raiders were willing to pay for that as well. Um, they created a profile for them that they had the professional time with the lasers and everything on their T-drill, the 40, their vertical jump that they're going to be able to share now with the college coaches. And really, again, that's an opportunity we as high school coaches, we definitely can't afford to do something like that for the girls. So for them to get to do that before the All-Star game and just to kind of a measuring stick for them as well for the other girls around the city, that's a great opportunity for these girls. And then, it was, you know, we got to play the three games at once, 3A All-Star game, 4A All-Star game, and 5A All-Star game. And to have all three of those going on at the same time, it was a great atmosphere. It was a really fun night. And, you know, and last weekend wasn't quite as hot, so the, it was a great evening. And, you know, and I, again, as a football fan, uh, it was so much fun seeing, seeing the football going on all over the place. Right, no doubt about it. Final question for you. Have you been to uh, Allegiant Stadium? Have you been able to check out a game there live at the stadium yet? Yeah, I've been really fortunate. Um, I've been there a few times. Um, 
the, the best experience. I mean, I also helped with a boys team at my school. We were in the state championship last year, so nice. I got to be on the sidelines there, which was incredible. There you uh, go. Yeah, be out and be in the locker room and everything. So that was awesome. But I have been to a few games as well, and it's an incredible stadium. I love it. I can't wait to get back down there this fall. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, Coach. Well, congratulations well, on everything well, you're doing. You so the success of your team. Uh, also, thank you for what you do. Not only a coach, but a teacher as well. I know it's not easy. You guys don't get enough love. Uh, you know, we really need to focus in on our teachers who are focusing on our children and our community as well. So thank you, Coach, for that and appreciate you. And uh, we'll be talking soon. Uh, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me on and the opportunity to keep talking about this and promoting these young people. They're awesome. Thank you Absolutely. Guys so much. No doubt about it. We're going to do it again. There he goes. That's uh, Shadow Ridge High, High Girls Flag Football Coach, Coach Matt White- Nicewanger here on Unnecessary Roughness. And I, I mean it, and I mean it, and I mean it so much when I say it is so important what these coaches and teachers do for our young people. And, I mean, again, uh, as I told Coach, just turn on the news. Just turn on the news if you, if you don't believe me. You know, the, the – the, the what does it say? The village re- raise, raises the children. The village raises the children, and, and the village, a major part of the village, are the coaches and, uh, and and teachers. And it's so important to be able to get the right kind of teaching, the right kind of coaching, and give your young people an opportunity in this world that, as my mom says many, many times, could be a cruel, cruel world. So uh, many thanks to Coach for joining us there and giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. 3.44 is the time. When we come back, DeMond's going to break it on down. What's he going to break down? Jurassic World. I'm going to get that in before we leave the airways. I promise it's coming up next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Shadow Ridge High School girls flag football coach Matt Nicewanger who joined us in the last segment to talk about Shadow Ridge getting the 5A title. Talked about the All-Star Game Showcase Combine that was held here at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center just last week. Put on by the Raiders. That's big time right there. And anyone who's been listening to this show or listening to me, period, for any kind of amount of time knows high school football is a big deal to me. Uh, girls, boys, doesn't matter. I just think that it means so much. So any opportunity we get to have a high school football coach on in any capacity, we're definitely going to do. And please believe this upcoming year we'll have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week again. We'll be going out to different high school games on Friday nights. And, uh, you know, I know it's not as big here as it is in Texas, but it doesn't matter, man. Uh, the, the youth are, are, are people that we need to focus in on, and we're going to do a lot of that here on Radio Nation Radio 920 as we definitely want to make sure we pay attention to what's going on in the community. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Bridget Condon from NFL Network. She was actually here at Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, the mandatory mini camp yesterday. She was here observing. So we'll talk to her, get her thoughts on what she saw, her thoughts on the Raiders this upcoming year, her thoughts on the A. AFC West this upcoming year. How big is it that Tyreek Hill is no longer with Kansas City? What about the Chargers and all the talent that they've brought in? You know, just where does she think that uh, Russell Wilson is going to take the Denver Broncos with his uh, arm and his legs? And, you know, how Nathaniel Hackett's going to do as a first-time head coach? We'll pick Bridget Condon's mind coming up at 4 o'clock. 
here on Raider Nation Radio 920. But we've got to get to my man, Damon. He's a guy that I've been trying to bring to the table as far as his review of Jurassic World Dominion. We were at the movie premiere on Tuesday night. It was a big deal, Damon. There was people that actually got turned away, like 50 people that were turned away because the, the theater was sold out. There was a bunch of hats that were given out that I didn't stick around to give out. I was like, hey, man, you're going to do that at the end. I'm out of here. I got to roll. I got things to do. It was a long movie. I'll say oh, that. people were like, they weren't fighting over the hats, but people were like, come on, come on, you're going. You got to give me a hat. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah, I'm glad I, I got out of there before all those shenanigans happened. So without saying anything else, uh, go ahead. You take the stage, man. Give us a review of what you saw from Jurassic World. All right, Q, if you don't know, this is the Jurassic Park theme song. Gotta, I, didn't, I didn't know which. I thought you were trying to serenade me. I didn't know what the hell you had going on. Jeez. You know, got to really let the, let the fans know oh, that man. triumphant music. All oh, right, Lord. Q. So we're starting off Jurassic World Dominion. You've got Chris Pratt. His character name is Owen Grady. You know, you know sometimes you're a little skeptical. What are we going into with this movie? But I can tell you the moment that I was hooked. You know, not going to not going to spoil anything. But when I saw a group of guys on horses wrangling up dinosaurs as if they were cattle, that's when I was like, I'm all in. Was that at the beginning? Yes, it was. You okay, don't remember? <laughs> I was still in line oh. getting popcorn because I don't remember that part. So you missed it. Chris Pratt, you know, obviously the hero <laughs> of the movie. He's riding on horses. I'm feeling you in, too. He's riding on horses and they are wrangling up dinosaurs, you know, got the lasso rope in hand. And, you know, just like you would see, like, them do a cow or something. And I was like, oh, this movie's going to be good. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Maybe I need to go back and see it again. <laughs> just like that that first. It wasn't the opening scene, but you probably didn't miss it because you missed about a good 10, 15 there, minutes. There was a guy in line, no joke, while I was at the concession stand, and he was telling some other people. I was just kind of ear hustling. He said, oh, I'm not worried about missing the first few minutes because I'm going to see this movie probably about six or seven more times anyway. And I thought, why? <laughs> why? Why would you do that? But that's what he said. Six or seven more times. So then you got Chris Pratt. You got Bryce Dallas Howard, his love interest. You also miss, you know, she's trying to protect dinosaurs because of what went so wrong at the Jurassic World theme park. You know, they're just trying to do their part, you know, outside of a government capacity. And they're also harboring their daughter, you know, and she is the key to the whole world, the most powerful asset on the world. And you know what? Real quick, when these movies, they have a guy, he's like the new, he's a creepy billionaire guy. You know, we've got the Elon Musk out there those guys are just always bad news i think you know people are like the movies are trying to tell us something yeah can't be trusting these billionaires man they're okay. going to be the ones who put the dinosaurs back on earth and you know and create hell on earth so let's you know that's just a demand tip of the day okay. watch out for the billionaires because there's the creepy billionaire guy there and surprise surprise not a good guy all right all fair right. enough well you don't have to worry about me i'll never be a billionaire so you don't have to worry about that lebron's a billionaire you can't trust him i guess you really can't q he will turn on us in a second there you go. Gotcha. Uh, and one, of the, <laughs> one of the things that I was also happy to see in the, in the movie here, Omar Sides in the movie. And some of you who do not know, he's on the star of the Netflix show, Lupin. You know, he, um, he, was, the, he was the brother. You know how the, Okay. You, exactly. That's how you, that, thank you. Thank yep. you for making it simple for me. Yeah. I had no idea who you're talking about. Not you're the, talking about the black dude. Not the short one who was like, you know, the number two guy at like at the um little biotech space. The the tall brother who was like helping him out when the dinosaurs were chasing him. Gotcha. He was trying to get the daughter back. Oh, he was he was well dressed brother, is what I like to call him. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I like that All guy. Right. Well dressed brother. And then you also had, you know, they was really putting in the inclusion. Cause I remember when this came out, they were giving like some stills, and people were like, I'm tired of this diversity crap. The chick that was in there, the pilot, right on. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so you're saying the black lady. Yes. 
Okay. Come on, come on, Q. You saw. No, I'm, hey, I'm, you I'm saw with you. I'm, yeah, I did. I did. I, hey, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Hey, look, man, I can be married. I can still watch the commercials. <laughs> and then they had to bring back the members of the original trilogy. You got Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill. All you know, you, the will they want there with Laura Dern and Sam Neill still worked for me. And Jeff Goldblum, he is so awkwardly funny. It sometimes it's like cringy just to watch him because you just think that this guy's an idiot, right? Right. Or is he the smartest is person he, on earth? Was he the professor? Yeah, he's the one that's oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You he, made a promise to a dinosaur. He was the guy to me, and this is just my outlook from it. He had a bunch of dry hum- humor that was really funny, right? Like, like he was. He's the guy in the movie that it's not supposed to be a comedy, but he's trying to be funny. Like every time he talks, he's trying to say something funny. But it worked, right? I mean, it, to to me, it made me laugh. Even though I know it's not a comedy movie, so I kind of felt like if I was the dude in the crew, I'd be the guy that would be making <laughs> the smart comments to try to be funny when everyone else is like, "Q, we're trying to be serious here. We got a real situation going on here, and you're cracking jokes." Because That's, yeah, not spoiling anything because I've seen that line in the trailer. It was still you see the line in the trailer, you're like, "Oh, they're spoiling too much of the movie," but no, it was still funny. You made a promise to a dinosaur, and it's like, yeah, that's how ridiculous the movie gets. But it all still hits. It's all still fun. It's all still good. I'm not going to give a review. I'll let you guys grade it for yourselves. But I will say, go out and see Jurassic World Dominion. Okay, let me go back to the pilot real quick because I, I did have a question about her. She looked really familiar. Am I should, I should I know her from something else? Or was it just me maybe in my mind thinking maybe I should get to know her? I'm going to go with the second because I haven't seen her in anything either. Okay. So no, she looked familiar, though. She, I, didn't know, I didn't know if she was somebody from, like, a ter- not a Terminator movie, but a um, Total Recall movie or, you know, because she looked like in that pilot role, like you mentioned, she looked like she fit that role. Like, she really maybe a play. You know how certain people play certain roles multiple times, and it's not really the same exact role, but it's, it's, a, it's a variant of that role? That's how she looked to me. She looked like someone that was very familiar with that kind of a role. So, okay, I just... Uh, apparently, in my mind, I was just getting to know her. <laughs> uh, she was in The Harder They Fall, a Netflix movie. I haven't seen that, though. But it's all like the Black Cowboys. You got Regina King. Idris oh, I've Elba. probably seen that then. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm she good for a good Netflix with some uh, with some black folks in it that it probably ain't got no business doing something. I'm yeah. good for one of those. I'm just saying. That's just my that's my bag, man. There's I I had a buddy in, in Central Texas that used to say that he could always he could always tell what kind of movie I'd be interested in. It's got to be about hip hop. It's got to be about some kind of uh, some kind of drug dealing, like uh, Narcos or or something like that, or Queen of the South, or it has to have a Wayans brother in it. Like I mean, that's he always kind of he kind of put me into this little or that or, last a, one. or yeah that one too, the Wayans brothers, or like a Tyler Perry movie or something. <laughs> He put me into a, a, a bubble all the time. But all right, thank you. So you give it two thumbs up. Go go check it out. People got to go watch it. Yeah, he's moving his computer in the studio. All right, go watch Jurassic World Dominion. 358 is the time. When we come back, Bridget Condon from NFL Network. She'll join us to talk all things Raiders mandatory minicamp. When she was here, what she saw. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.